All right, now we'll go to the 10th verse, chapter 25. That's where we were when we quit a while ago. And they shall make an ark of shatim wood, two cubits and a half shall be the length, a cubit and a half the breadth, and a cubit and a half the height. Now, I've told you before, I'll tell you again, or maybe ask you and see if you remember it. Uh, how much is a, is a cubit? As an average, they call that an average of 18 inches. You got your ruler on your knee? Yeah. I'm just, we're just going to play with this just for a moment. You, uh, I want you to take, you know, you come measure it. Measure from the table to the tip of my finger and see what, what a cubit would be. 19 what you got. 19. Now put yours up there, Tony. You'll probably average out. Yeah, he's short. He's 17 and a half. See, you see what I'm saying? All right. Now you take 17 and a half and 19. Yep. Average, well, that's going to be like 18 point something, all right? Uh, come, over here, come over here and get these two fellas. Get these three men, huh? You see what? And it works that way. That's when it says a Q. No, might be shorter than 19. Nope. 19. 19. Nineteen. 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 Nineteen.
Oh, it's uh, oh, the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Ark of the Covenant, yeah. Yeah, we're going to work that out. Oh, here it is. It's two cubits. It's two and a half. That's what it's two and a half cubits uh, times... Uh, Times 18 is 45 inches. 45. Which it comes down, if you divide 12 inches in, that's 3.75. About that long? Three, seven, three and three quarter foot. That's 45 inches. 45 inches, yeah. Yeah, 45 inches. About that long? Yeah, that's right. So, all right, look at that. Stretch out again. And then about that high? No, no, no. It's it's, uh, two and a quarter high. Two and a quarter feet. It's uh, actually 27 inches. This is how long it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, uh, was it this square also? That, no, it's 27. 20, 27 inches, yeah. 27 inches high, 27 inches wide. Yeah, 27 inches wide. Wide. And, and then 27, yeah. And then 27 inches high. Yeah. Okay. The width and the height is the same. So you see already, get the kind of idea of it. Uh, it was made to carry by on the shoulders of two men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It actually had the mercy oh, well, actually seat on four men, huh? It had the mercy seat on top of that, didn't it? The, yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Okay. I got it all right here. We'll look at it now. We'll get to this and we'll go. All right. It was located. Yeah, it would be heavy because it's gold. Four men towed it, wasn't it? Yeah, four men towed it. But there's amazing things about that. And you get that type of it. You see it in the church. All right. The ark is located in the most holy place. That's the most sacred place. So if you'll read it and on and study it, you'll find out that the ark of the covenant was the most holy instrument that the Israelites had because when they lost that uh, ark over there and the Philistines got it they they went way down and let me tell you they lost the presence of God because that's where it said uh, the glory of the Lord hath departed called it Ichabod and they lost the presence of God they lost the presence of God when they lost not the tabernacle but the uh, tabernacle of the covenant now we're going to talk about that not today because I ain't going to get there but there's a tabernacle of the covenant uh, and it's called several different things and I'll give you that in out of the word of God so in the outer court that was the courtyard uh, the middle court was the holy place and the inner court was the most holy place slip over to Exodus chapter 26 for the scripture Exodus 26 and verse number 33. And you'll see what I'm trying to say. The Bible said in Exodus 26, 33, And thou shalt hang up the veil under the tax that thou mayest bring... In. Yeah. It's not what I got down here. Maybe it's 25. No, but anyhow, I don't have that... That tells you about the inner place. I got it, but I got the wrong scripture. And so what happened? We find that the holy place, the holy is I mean the tabernacle or the Ark of the Covenant is in the most holy place. Yeah, it tells that in thirty three. Twenty six? Yeah. I just didn't, down at the bottom. Yeah, you read the whole I didn't part. read the whole verse. Okay. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the tax that thou mayest bring in thither within the veil the ark of the of the testimony. And the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy. You see, and he's the got. Is what he ripped. Yeah, the ribs. What? Yeah, and the Lord's one took that veil down when he's on the cross. Remember, mm-hmm. 
So I did have the right verse. But what happens, I want to show you this. What is the first thing that they give the instructions to build? The Ark of the, yeah, the, Ark of the Covenant. Where was it? The holiest place of all. Now why? That shows you that the tabernacle come from God's side and not from man's side. Why didn't he give us the instructions for the altar and the brazen laver first? Because God's wanting us to see how to get to him. Amen. Not for him to get to us. He can get to us anytime. He laid the pattern out for it, right? Do you see that? Now that's exactly what God wants us to do in our personal life today. He's made us a way to get to Him. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice. That's the most important. That's the most holiest part. Now when that world looks on the church today, they look at it the same way they do the tabernacle. If you look down on the tabernacle, it's the ugliest looking thing sitting out in the wilderness. Who wants to go to that? All you see is uh, ram skins dyed red, badger skins, and uh, all that. That's ugly. That's ugly. That's the skins of the outside because it's on the outside. But if you go walk on the inside of that tabernacle and you look up at the blue and the purple and the scarlet and all these pieces of equipment uh, built there and it overlaid with gold and you can't see no wood overlaid with gold. That's to, got to be beautiful. So that get on the inside of the church and you look up. It's good to be, but you're on the outside looking at the church. I don't want no part of that. Isn't that the way the world works today? That's the way it is. And they get that from here. God's showing that. And you look at the fellow and say, well, you know, if you come on the inside, you'll see this. But to get on the inside, he's got to come through blood. He can't get in there. See? You can't just give a person a tour of the church and show him how it really is. He's got to get in the church first. So it's where you are. If you're on the outside looking in or on the inside looking out. Mm -hmm. Amen. It's exciting. All right, then we go a little bit further. In the inner court, the most holy place where God dwells, man can only approach with blood after a sacrifice is made. God, give us the pattern. It's the holiest of all of the tabernacle. It's the most sacred place. It represents God to man on God's conditions, not ours. Then it represents man to God on God's conditions. Amen. We have to have it both ways. And God puts the conditions out. We can't change it. We meet God on His level, not on ours. We meet God on his level and with no compromise. We meet God on his righteousness and not our righteousness. To us, it seems like it's backward, but to God, it's the proper order. He laid it out. He planned it out. I sit there and God give me these things. I'm telling you, that's the truth. We get to heaven God's way, not ours. Right, right. And if we deviate one bit, if Noah had built the ark the way he wanted, it leak. If they'd have built a tabernacle like they might have wanted to build it, it wouldn't have worked. That's right. Yeah. Now, the ark is to be made first, and it's made with the acacia wood, 
And acacia wood is sustainable, and it's a durable wood. I looked a lot up on, and I pulled as much information I could get on it. Other names for it is something similar to mimosa tree, and it weathers. It's kind of weather and water resistant. That's why it was made out of that. Now, uh, do you know what that wood represents? It represents the humanity of the Lord or the body of Jesus. Yeah. Why? To have wood out of the acacia tree, you had to it had to be cut down. That means it's killed. Which is a type of the crucifixion. And if you just looked at the wood itself, it looked like human or humanity. And if you look at the ark here, you don't see no humanity. But it's wrapped up. Christ is humanity wrapped up in God. God manifest in Jesus. Right? The man part died on the cross of Calvary. But the God part, Amen, raised him. Amen. He couldn't raise himself. God, the Bible said, God hath raised him from the dead. Flesh, somebody said, I don't believe he died on the cross. The Bible teaches us he died. That's right. That's a fundamental part of Christianity. Yes, sir. He died. He was buried. He rose again, victorious. Or death, hell and the grave, the world, the flesh, and the devil. He's alive Amen. forevermore Amen. and has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Amen. Right? Amen. So, when you see the wood, what's the wood significant? Humanity of Christ. The human Christ we had walking on the earth without sin represents his sinless life that he had. But it also represents humanity. He had to come that way. If he had just been flesh and born of a man, he wouldn't have been God. He had had sin. Yes, sir. But if he and if he hadn't had flesh and just been God, God can't die. And for God to be on our level, He's got to get us on His level. And to get us on His level, it's going to take humanity and divinity. Amen. About ready to shout. Telling you right now. That's something. God gives us all that. Amen. Now, we done talked about the size of the ark. Now, verse 11, look at verse 11. It says, And likewise for the north side in length, there shall be hangings. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm in the wrong chapter. Thought that didn't fit, didn't fit what I was reading. Verse 11. And thou shalt make fifty tacks of brass. I'm still in the wrong chapter. Back up one more. And thou shalt overlay it with what kind of gold? What's pure gold? No, no impurities of any. Yeah, actually, pure gold is is clear as crystal, according to the Book of Revelation. Ain't that right? That's right. Or did I read it wrong? I didn't read it here, but I'm talking about have I read it wrong in the past? No, it's clear. Right. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. What's overlay mean? 
cover it over. Yep. Within and without. That means on the inside of the ark and on the outside. Of the ark. You remember this is a box. A rectangular box. It don't have a lid on it. Yet. It'll have a lid. And uh, within and without. Just like the, the ark was covered with pitch within and without. This ark is covered with gold within and out. Right? Amen. So that's a good thought to think on, and I hadn't given that much thought, but I think I will. I'll go home and think on that a while. See what I can find the difference between the gold and, and the wood and, and pitch. Amen. Gold is the real thing. Pitch is a, something to protect with. Amen. We won't get on that right now. But it said, Within and without shalt thou overlay it and shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about. Now you put a crown upon it too. Got a crown upon it. So it's got gold on the inside and outside and it's got gold. Uh, a gold crown on the top of it. And uh, when you put a crown on it, 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 it makes it special, don't it? Now, let's look at something else. Let's look at uh, the uh, with a crown on top of it, which represents the glory. That's what a crown represents. Crown, uh, crown represents glory and majesty. And uh, it says complete sacrifices offered be offered there on that. Let's look at uh, let's look at two verses of scripture. Psalm eight. I get there first, I'll just go ahead and read it for the sake of time. You may get there before I do, but Psalm 8, verse 5 and 6. The Bible said, For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. This is God. And hast crowned him with glory and honor. He becomes this ark of the covenant for us. All right, in verse number 6 says, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. So that's why there's a crown on that ark. It typifies Christ that will be crowned. God. Is, now this is already done. God has already crowned him with majesty and honor. Where'd you get that? Let us see what you're getting. We've got to see what happened there. I didn't I didn't know it was having feet. You somewhere else? I need. I'm, if it's there, I want. I want to know. Because I've looked. I've looked at the state of, uh, at the ark ages. I ain't never seen it with feet. Had staves, crowns, and rings. Verse twenty-six. It says, "What and I make it for 
grains of gold and put the grains in the four corners and are unruly. I see that. I see that. Uh, yeah, but you're talking about the wrong thing. Go to verse 23. Thou shalt also make a table of shittim wood. Two cubits shall be the length. This ain't two. This is two and a half. Thereof, and a cubit the breadth, and a cubit a half the high. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. This is not the same thing. And make thereto a crown of gold round about it. And thou shalt make unto it a border of an hand breadth. That is not a crown round about. And thou shalt make a golden crown. To the border thereof. This is talking about the table of showbread. Mm-hmm. You remember I told you when we started the lesson that the lesson will go down through verse 22. Yeah, a, table feet. Fe- a table will have feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The table of showbread is in the holy place, mm-hmm. not in the holiest of holies. It's not the covenant. Huh? It's not the covenant. No, it's not the ark of the covenant. No. I mean, when you told me it had. Feet, I know good and well. Uh, it's not the same one. I ain't never seen that. But there is a table of showbread. They put 12 loaves of bread on that table, one for every tribe. And that's what the priests eat all of. We're not into that. We'll get on to something else showing up. And we get all mixed up. I'm just taking one at a time. Now, uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 2, verse 9 and 10 talks about crown. You don't have to. Look there, the Lord's been crowned above the angels and everything. So he's it's typical of him. Now verse twelve. I'm trying to hurry, ladies and gentlemen. Chapter twelve, I mean chapter twenty five, verse twelve, and thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it. And put them in the four corners. Have you pictured it in your mind where it's at? Four corners. It's gonna be a ring. And the two rings shall be in one side of it, and two rings on the other side of it. Now what's these rings for? So they can carry it. That's to be put on, and it's on that ark. Now, we fix and get into something here that you've heard of before. Verse 13, And thou shalt make staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold. You're not going to see the wood here. It's overlaid. And thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark that the ark may be born with them. That means carried. The staves shall be in the rings of the ark. Now notice this little phrase that you probably have never seen. They shall not be taken from it. But I will remind you that somebody must have took the staves out. Because when uh, David goes to get that ark, he don't know how to carry it. Something's happened. People lost all of, of the information. Just like a lot of people don't know what's going on today in the day of salvation. But somewhere them staves must have got missing, or if they were there, they didn't have uh, knowledge enough to know what they're supposed to do. The staves were there, uh, put through those rings, and they never to be taken out. I've never seen that before. Little bitty were. things uh, change the whole meaning of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it say how long the staves were? They'd have to be longer than that... Uh, well, I was just, my, I'm just curious because you know, you're, they're not, you're not supposed to touch we, the ark. So that's right, 45. Be long enough so what was it? Be away it's it's 3.75. It's four foot long. Probably six foot. I'd say because you, they, you remember the fellow touched the ark when the fellow was going to fall off, he thought. Yeah, and he, he fell over dead. Not to touch that, huh? It had to be at least six foot long. 
No, no, not that. that they, they, got, they had an ark and God killed them, but that's not it. But it's when the Israelites lost the ark and the Philistines had the ark. And then David's going to bring it home because they got to be blessed up there. And he's going to get them blessings. Even David didn't have it all right either. They probably took it out because they put it in there in, in there with Dagon in their, in their uh, temple. False God temple. And he sure did. He sure did. That's what happened. Well, that's how they, and he put it on, them, on that cart. And God didn't want it. He didn't want his ark carried on the cart. He wanted man to. Let me tell you, it's a type of carrying. What's inside that ark? It's a the. There's three things in there. Remember we. And the manna. Man is a type of the word of God. Amen. That's the bread of heaven, and you you preach the the bread of God, and the, so what's he? He wants man to carry his word. You see the you see that he don't he don't want, he don't want us riding around on the on the back of a truck somewhere. He wants us to carry it. God has chosen men to preach the word of God. Carry it right here. You see all the types and see we could dig into this lot. And I'm I'm trying I'm trying to get as quick as I can, but yet get as much as I can get to you. Amen. But we have to be here all day. As the Bible said, the staves shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. And you know what? If you take him stays, it's also like taking away from the Word of God and adding to it too as well. Huh? It's the most sacred piece of furniture in, in the tabernacle. We're at the holiest place right here. That's why God wants to start there first. He wants us to see it. Then he said in verse 16, And thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. Now let's just forget what we know what's in there. What is the ark of the testimony? Testimony is the witness. At the, at the testimony of two shall, you know, everything be established. A testimony is what we have. I have nothing but a testimony to give. So a testimony... Here, and I'm going to just go ahead and say it to you. He's going to say, test, uh, uh, And thou shalt put into the ark the testimony, notice the little phrase, which I shall give thee. He had already given it, and it later comes out. And it's the Ten Commandments, the Word of God. That's what we call it, ark of the testimony. And that's the Word of God, the Ten Commandments. And that's what God wanted them to go with. I have put it in there. So, the Ark of the Testimony, you see it, that's why it's called the Ark of the Testimony. Because it's the testimony, the Ten Commandments are the testimony of God. It's the Word of God. Amen. Verse 17, And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. So that would be three and three-quarter feet wide or long and 27 inches uh, wide. And if you remember, that's what the ark was and it fits exactly on top of that. It's nothing but gold. It's not gold covered with wood. It's gold. 
Now, why is it just pure gold, no wood, if the rest of it is... A, because all the other is Christ in the flesh and making and the gold deity. But the mercy, where you get mercy, does not involve man. It involves God 100% plus nothing, minus nothing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ain't that right? Amen. You see what we miss by not studying it? That's right. Lord, I've been getting in more detail on what we was when I went through it first time, remember, brother? No, we are. Because we, we're getting down. Yeah, we didn't have it. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, we got it down. To, was you in some of them mm-hmm. I preached? You went yeah. more into the actual structure. I went into the, yeah, I just went in. I'd done an overview, really. Yeah. And we can come back and get some more here. I'm cutting it short now. <laughs> Right, I'm just trying to get some of the things. Now, when we get to verse 18, it says, And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold. Of what? Beaten gold. What's beaten gold? One piece of gold hammered out to shape. Now, that had to take some knowledge. And God tells us later, He had some people that we think we're smart in this day. We can shoot them to the moon and all that, but we can't figure out how to get from earth to heaven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A beaten work. They take it and beat that, and they beat it to form a, a, a created being or the shape of an angel of some sort. That's where everybody gets the idea that angels all have wings. Yeah. But many of them don't. Yeah. But the cherubims and the seraphims do. They're angelic beings, a beaten work. And they put each of them on the end of the mercy or on of the ark. It said, and that's what it said, and thou shalt make two cherubims of gold, of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. I'm going to throw this in real quick. Cherubims are mentioned 56 verses. In 56 verses, they're angelic beings, and they're used mainly for guarding things and for protection. Can anybody tell me where the first uh, cherubims were mentioned in the Bible? Nope. Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. God put them at the Garden of Eden uh, to, with a flaming sword to keep them from coming in and eating of the tree of life and living on in their sin. If, they'd ever eat that, if Adam and Eve had ever eat of the tree of life in the garden... They would have lived in their sin forever and ever, and God guarded them from the tree of life, which is a type of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. You find a tree of life in in the Book of Revelation too. Amen. It's a lot of stuff. This is a lot yeah. of stuff. Amen. Cherub means singular, and and the cherubims mean plural. Now there is what they call the seraphims. The seraphims are. Different, and I, I wish I had time to separate both of those, but I don't. You find seraphims uh, with Isaiah. They is in the temple, and they cried, "Holy, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty!" You find them, and I say they're the same ones in the fourth chapter of Revelation. They're more for praise yeah. and glory and honor. The cherubims are put to protect and watch over. And care for, and that's why God put the cherubims in the garden. He put the cherubims 
on top of the mercy seat and they're on each end of the mercy seat. They're looking at each other and looking down. And their wings are spread. And what they're doing is saying, this is God's property. This is God's holy place. You've got to come through us to get to the get to that. that right. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then people worry about losing their salvation. <laughs> God takes care of it. Amen. And also them cherubs looking over that. And God taking that, he's saying, look, it's to be carried by man. I've got the cherubs over to guard my word. And that's why God's upset people taking it. Because the Bible teaches us in Psalms 12, verse 6 and 7, that he has preserved the word of God. It's, come, it's been kept seven times. went through the fire seven times. And I can give you those times, but I'm not going to. And so what he's done, he's preserving his word. God preserves his word. And then they get out and try to change this and change that. I'm teaching now the preserved word of God today. He's kept this book. Amen. I ain't seen no cherubims, but he's got them somewhere. Amen. David said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We've all got them too. Yes. That's right. Dr. Oliver, uh, not Dr. Dr. Harold Seitler went on these meetings. You've heard me tell this over and over. He went to meetings, come home over the weekend and go into his pulpit. And as he walked on, one of them said on the porch, said, Preacher, you need to get your fenders on that old Cadillac right there straightened out. Said the paint's come off of both of them. He said, Leave them alone. Said that's where surely and mercy has been sitting watching over things leave it alone said they riding in my bumpers when I'm going on my fenders when I'm going up the road praise God make good sense anyhow we've got them we've got them amen old fella pulled out in front of me the other day and I had to bow up and I didn't I didn't know where I was going to get stopped in time and I did but and I'm saying Amen. That old angel knowed how to get my attention quick enough to put my foot on the brake. That's right. That's right. Yeah, see? See, God knows how to do it. Amen. We're not out of the book. God, it's all there. I mean, I'd rather read this as best newspaper in town. True. Amen. Didn't you? Yes, sir. Amen. Well, I could give you a whole lot of scriptures on the cherubims. I can give you every scripture that's in the Bible. On cherubims and the word cherubim, but our cherub, but I'm not going to, because uh, I'm trying, you know, to find a, a stopping place here. We by no means have we covered the Ark of the Covenant and uh, so forth. But I'll read the scripture the rest of the way and just comment just very little and go. Verse 19 and make one cherub on the one end and the other cherub on the other end. Even of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim cherubims on the two ends thereof. And the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering their faces uh, uh, and their faces, excuse me, shall look one to another toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. I, I count it they're looking like this and they're, they're looking at each other and looking down over the ark like protection. But and I hope I read what I want to give you here in a minute. Don't know. I'll tell you anyway. You can look it up. And verse 21, And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony. That's the word of God. I shall give thee. 
Amen. And there I will meet with. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. And there, where? Where's he going to meet? And there will I meet with thee. He's going to meet right there on the mercy seat between the cherubims. If you want to get to where God is, you're going to have to get on the mercy seat before the cherubims. Now, we don't have that physically. But we do have that spiritual place. God is sitting in the most holy of holies today, which is in the sides of the north. Never been there, but going there. And if you're going to get to God, you're going to have to get there on a holy basis. Amen. You can't look over at God and say, Hey, I want to talk to you today. Uh-uh. God wants humility out of us, humbleness. He wants our our loyalty. He wants our worship. And if you're going to get full of God and overfilled with God and overflowed with God, you're going to have to get to there on God's terms. Amen. I've been working on that for a long time. I've been close. I've been there a time or so, but I couldn't stay there. That's the best place for a man or woman to be. In the very presence of God where you have you ever got so full of God that you didn't care what you's uh, where you's at or what you're doing. You didn't pay no attention to your settings around you. Or anything going on. All you was just wanted to be with you see, that's what we want in our life, but that's what we're gonna get when we leave this life. Amen. Nothing in heaven is to be compared with anything on this earth. It's a glory world. That's why we'll have to have a new body to even accept it. You and I couldn't. We couldn't live if we stayed in His divine presence. All we can do is just take a straw and sip out a little glory every once in a while. Amen. Amen. I'll close on that note unless you've got anything to say, brother. Let's ask God right here to fill us with His presence and touch us with His glory. Father, I've enjoyed studying today. Lord, I felt Your presence just the whole time we've been here. And Lord, I know I don't deserve it and these people don't deserve it. Lord, we haven't earned it. We're far from that. Lord, in studying this morning, we found out how close we could be. But we found out how far away we are. I pray, God, you'd take just this little crowd in this building. Lord, you'd fill us enough with your presence that, Father, we'll, they'll notice that we've got your presence on us in the public. Not to make a scene. Not to brag about it. But, Lord, may our things that we do in the presence of you in us make a difference in the world. Lord, if nothing else, we thank you, Lord, that we just had a little short time of glory here this morning. Lord, I pray you'd touch our church service tomorrow. Touch Brother Tony. Lord, these ladies and gentlemen, I pray this morning you'll bless them. Have your own way. I pray, God, you'll speak. Forgive us of our sins and we plead the blood over our soul over our churches and over our preachers. Lord, may we learn more and more from your book. We give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Amen. One of the most dullest subjects for most people in the world. Yep. Nope. Thank you for coming, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tolerating putting up with it. I've enjoyed it, though. If you hadn't have been here, I'd have lost all this. It's been good for me. Well, in the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation, God says, and they, and they brought the ark of testimony out of heaven. So I suppose he's got it. <laughs> I think he, I think he, the reason I say that is blood had to be on the mercy seat and I believe the mercy seat's in glory with every inch, every, spout, every sprinkle of the blood of Christ upon it. You can take that for what it's worth. I can't really put that out. That's a lot of deal-sology there. But I'm going to tell you it stands in fact to what they've done. Enjoy it, Amen. Amen. Leather, rather lengthy, but I can't help it. I... Oh, that's good. <laughs> Amen, brother. God bless you.